This is Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. I'm Shannon Powell. I'm Kim Snyder. Jimena Francella. We're here today to talk about the census. Ladies, tell me what kind of work you're doing as it relates to the census. I'm co-lead for Indivisible New Rochelle. We will soon be kicking off our official census team. And I also happen to be working on Westchester's Citizens Advisory Committee on the Census. I'm the co-chair for Hispanic Dems, and I'm also involved with Indivisible Latino, and we're working together uh, to put together a training for the census. Here's how I look at the census. I see the census and filling out the census form as being one of the biggest acts of resistance that people can take outside of voting Trump out of office in 2020. And that's because Trump is politicizing the census. He's trying to use it to intimidate immigrants and hurt people like us who live in more progressive areas of the country. Let's start with a very simple question. What is the census? Okay, the census is basically a survey. It's been around since 1790. It is in the Constitution. Every 10 years in the United States, we must administer this survey to get a portrait of what the country looks like. The census is to has a purpose of counting every person in every place in the United States. Why is this so crucial, though, that we count everybody? The census determines government funding. It determines representation in the government. So it tells how many representatives we should have. That's a big question for New York that we're concerned about right now. Might we lose representatives mm -hmm. because of an undercount? What do you think about the impact um, of the census here in New York? What is on the line? Well, it's really critical that everyone is counted. All of us matter. So everyone needs to be counted to make sure that we have all the equity in regard to services and also the, re the representation that we all deserve. So the Trump administration tried to include a question about citizenship. Jimena, what was the purpose of that? I think it was strategically done to make sure that less people are counted, and particularly the immigrant community, which, he, which they all know it's a large number. And so this was done purposely to make sure that these communities are not counted and they do not participate and that this will affect, you know, everyone um, that's concerned with the census. Now, the good news is, though, that the Supreme Court said, hey, you can't, you can't ask this, at least for now. But how, how do you guys feel in terms of uh, the possible damage that was done in regards to the administration even trying to do this? There was an article in the Times that actually said that the immigrant communities were feeling already felt threatened just by them trying to include this question. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I just want to say one more thing about why mm -hmm. they wanted to include it. And that actually became more revealed I can't recall his name right now, but the Michelangelo of gerrymandering, which is quite a title, <laughs> this was his idea initially of using something like the citizenship question to get an undercount in communities that have large numbers of minorities for the purpose of gerrymandering. Uh -huh. So we've also heard a lot about gerrymandering right. lately. So I just wanted to put that one in that it's intentional and it's pretty strategic. Right. Uh, and um, ha So ha has there been harm? What, what, what are your thoughts? Yes, I, I do believe that uh, you know the communities were very frightened because they didn't understand what it meant to have the citizenship included 
and if this meant that then the government would be able to identify people who um, you know, were not citizens, citizens, and what would happen. But I also think that now that uh, it's not going to be included, I think it's, it's a, a positive time when we could really uh, inform the community that this is a very important process and that they need to be counted, that everyone counts. And if they participate, this would actually be empowering for them and that this is something that everyone needs to participate. So use the fact that it's been in the news and there's more general awareness about it and turn it on its head and be like, look, this is something that actually is going to benefit you and you need to do. That's the message. Yes, and I also think that the community also see, sees that there are many people who are defending them, like the fact that he went uh, to the Supreme Court, that they saw that people were fighting um, and they see groups like Indivisible, that they know that there are people who are fighting for the community. Uh, so I find this a very positive step. Do you guys remember filling out your form 10 years ago? I do. <laughs> but that was that's mostly because we have a relative who doesn't always live in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a kind of a quandary about whether I include him. But I do recall. Well, actually filling out the census is something that I remember quite vividly. Uh, I was born in Ecuador and then came to live here in the United States. So I was always curious as to why do we have to fill this out? And it was something that my family took very seriously um, and which we continue to do. So it's something that's very vivid on, on my mind. Right, because that's something I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, 10 years ago. And I, I actually don't remember filling out the form. I'm sure I, knock on wood, I'm sure I did, but, um, and, and that's one of the, I think the challenges is to really, you know, make sure that people know about it and take pride in it and again, see it as a form of, you know, not only their civic duty, but also a form of resistance that I am going to be counted because I, my representation matters and the funding that, you know, my state and my county gets, um, matters and you know all of this matters so explain me, to me oh yeah go ahead oh, can I add something yeah, about absolutely. filling it out yes. I filled it out because you're supposed to yeah. and it's the thing you do every 10 years but um, you know prior to the Trump election I lived in a little bit of an apolitical bubble so I don't think I could have told you why it was important that I fill it out uh -huh. and you know losing representation which to me today sounds dire Right, was not as big a deal before I got involved in Indivisible and started um, seeing the effect of, you know, local, state, and politics on everybody. And, and Kim, just expand on that. Why do you see losing representation as being something that is dire? Okay, so we have we worked this fall to reelect some of the Democrats who were already there. My uh, representative is Elliot Engel, and we, I worked to elect him. He sits on the ch as a chair on the Foreign Affairs Committee. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, if we had less people like that, um, if we had less Democrats in, we'd be in the same straits that we were in the first two years of the Trump administration. Right. Where we basically could not get anywhere, and you couldn't really question the ethics of some of what was going on. So fair representation, um, the number of, of representatives that you have does matter. Do we want 
New York to proportionally have fewer representat- representatives than, say, uh, Alabama for its number of population. Right. And, and that's the concern is that we could lose congressional, not only funding, but we could literally lose congressional seats. I think I've read that we could possibly lose two. Yes. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. So explain to me what the process is for people who don't remember getting a form, filling it out. Whose job is it to collect this data? Well, this year, this time around, there's a different process. And for the first time, they're going to be doing the census initially online, right? And they're using forms, so people will get forms, but they will also be receiving an ID number online where they can go and they can fill out the census um, right from their computers. The um, so Now, some people may have concerns about that, like, uh-oh, I don't want to give these people my data. Thing is, they have your data, and if you fill out a form or if you talk to someone on the phone or someone comes to your door, it all becomes data. Mm-hmm. I do want to um, just make a statement here about the fact that there are very strict laws governing how census data can be used. So this is not data that we're giving to the Trump administration. The Census Bureau is an entity within the government. It's been functioning since 1790. And um, so there are privacy laws. but. We will be initially getting uh, in the mail forms and or IDs that we can then use to log in and fill out our census online. You can also use your address as, as a way of identifying um, online. And there are going to be lots of community centers and libraries and different community-based organizations to, um, you know, where you can fill these, the census yeah. out online. I think the process is very important, and also that there are options as to how you could fill out the census. You know, you could do it by mail, Mm -hmm. you could do it online, you could do it on the phone, and the last step, if you don't answer those three, is that's when someone will come to your house. So it's important to remember that you have options before the last step. And what's the process when somebody comes to your house? Because you've said that people have come to your house before uh, looking to collect the census data. What is that like? Well, this happened, you know, many years ago. I don't know if it's going to be different, but I recall that we had already filled out the form, and when they came to our house, it was really to make sure it was accurate and that everyone was counted. The person was quite friendly. Uh, They just went over the questions that had already been answered, and uh, it, it didn't take very long. Maybe they were there for about 10 minutes. And uh, once they, um, you know, they, they made sure that all the questions were answered, they left. And that was the last, um, you know, the last time we heard from them. And, uh, you know, again, it was a very friendly process. So both of you are here because you see a role that Indivisible can play when it comes to getting people to fill out the census. What is that? Indivisible is at its heart a grassroots organization because there's so little trust in the government right now and that's just a given, I think. Indivisible can be an important bridge for the census, connecting people with community-based organizations and also reaching out to partners that we've gotten to know in the community so that these organizations can reach out to people in their constituency and talk to them and help them fill out the census and, and make sure as many people as possible fill it out.
Yes, and I think that that's exactly what we're doing. It's building a coalition so there could be information from various groups how important the census is. So in this instance, we have made um, a coalition between Indivisible New Rochelle and Indivisible, as well as uh, Indivisible Latino and Hispanic Democrats uh, to make sure that the trainings that are coming up are gonna be done in both languages and so there'll be materials both in English and in Spanish, and we'll also be going out to the community and providing um, you know, information sessions in both languages. And we also welcome um, any organizations that are interested in providing this you know, to get in contact with us uh, since this is gonna be available. So you're really organized when it comes to this census. What would you recommend other groups do if they wanna get involved with this kind of work as well? I would recommend that each indivisible group across Westchester and beyond, if you're listening, um, form a census team. That's what we're doing in Indivisible New Rochelle, an Indivisible Latino. Um, we're forming census teams, people who will be dedicated to working on events, educational opportunities related to the census. If you're not already in an indivisible group and you would be interested in learning more, you can always visit the indivisiblenewrochelle.org website and we'll have a link that'll take you to materials related to the census on the homepage. And I also wanna encourage you that uh, if you're involved with indivisible, to please partner with someone else in the community who's also working on the census. It's really critical to do those partnerships and to do coalitions. Yes, I think that's really important. What kind of groups would you say people should look to partner with? Well, like for example, if you're in New York, would be Hispanic Democrats or also other community uh, centers, the Community Resource Center. Um, you know, you just need to look and see what's close to you that you would be able to partner or the people that you have been working with within your community. So it's not work that everybody has to do on their own. It's all about working together as a team. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a partnership. And for example, faith-based, human services, family centers, community centers, all these places, if you think about it, it's going to be online. So mm -hmm. all these places can, can help people fill out the census. We also will have some indivisible, specific fact sheets because we were aware that some of the materials on the census site are a little dense. Uh -huh. And so we've culled together the information, and that can also be gotten from the Indivisible New Rochelle website. And it's a great time to get started on this. It's, it's now is the time, right? Let's take advantage of the fact that the census has been in the news, but let's redo the narrative here, okay? There isn't gonna be a citizenship question, and this is about getting counted, getting represented, getting funding, funding things like Head Start, SNAP, et cetera, and standing up for our rights. Yes, it's really important that we are counted, we matter, and this is why it's important for everyone to participate in the 2020 census. We're joined now on the phone by Blanca Lopez. She is the assistant to the county executive, George Latimer. Blanca, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, my pleasure. So explain to me, what is the county's role in working to make sure that there is a complete census count? So we want 
to make sure that every county resident participates in Census 2020. And the county executive is being proactive by putting together the, the first ever county's complete count committee, which is made up of up to 27 county residents. Um, that that come from geographically speaking that come from live in different communities and have different roles and different networks and our main purpose is to make sure that we can get the message out through our complete count and through their respective networks about the importance of participating in the census why is it important to have an accurate count why does it matter so much well, primarily because there's a lot of federal funding that is determined by the number of uh, participation, by the percentage of, of participation in um, different counties. So if we expect to receive money from HUD or from different types of uh, federal departments, we have to make sure that we are very well represented. The census is going to be gathered in a different way this year. Can you explain how it's going to be different? Sure. So traditionally speaking, um, census in the past have um, focused primarily on mailing census forms to um, everybody um, and having them fill out their forms and then mailing it back to the Census Bureau. For this census coming up, um, a lot of the focus is going to be on having um, people uh, fill out their census forms online. So not everybody is going to get a form in the mail. What they will receive is a postcard with a specific code that they will, the person will then have to access online and enter that code to be able to fill out their census forms. There will be a time during um, the first couple of months that um, if people do not fill it out online, um, they will eventually get a uh, form in the mail, but it's not necessarily a guarantee that everybody will get a form in the mail. What kind of resources can people look for um, if they need help filling out the census form? Let's say they don't have internet um, access at their house, they need to access it another way. What are some of the ways that they can get that help? Sure. So one of the goals that we have with, uh, in terms of our complete count committee is to make sure that we have available lists of resources by communities of um, different places or um, different locations that people can go and seek help. Now, we have to make sure that people understand that they, if, if they're not being assisted directly by a census worker or a census representative, each person is responsible for filling out their own forms. However, if they don't have, that person does not have access to uh, or online or does not have a computer or a smartphone, they will be able to go to their local libraries where they will have access to these resources. Um, also, we want to make sure that people um, people working, let's say, in not-for-profit organizations, community-based organizations, churches, schools, know how to help um, just people who may be asking questions about their census forms, um, how to address those general questions. Again, only a representative from the Census Bureau can help, uh, can help 
help an individual fill out their forms, but there is a lot of information that we can provide in terms of where that person can go to get assistance. So now because it's different this time out, it seems like there really needs to be an extra education piece that goes yeah. along with the, the right, the attempts to, to get a complete count. Um, what else, uh, what other kind of educational outreach uh, do you anticipate doing? So we want to make sure that people understand what the census is and what the census is not. Um, unfortunately, be, uh, there will also be um, an opportunity for um, other people to pray or try to make money or, or there will be a lot of scams out there in terms of calling random people, asking them for money, asking for their social security. So people need to understand what type of questions are on the census um, and what they will be asking and what they will not be asking. So the census will never ask for your social security number. The census will never ask for money. Um, the census will not be calling you um, right up front. They will only call you after you've filled out your form and you've provided their, your phone number, nor will they be contacting you by email. So I think there's a lot of education that we have to promote in terms of um, addressing what the expectations are and educating the public as to you know what to do when they have their census form and also what to do if they encounter a, a, a scam or anything of that sort and where to go and seek help. And where should they go? Do you know? So there is a hotline that the census is providing. Um, if people are not sure whether or not the, the person or the entity contacting them is from the census, they can certainly call and, and give them as much information to determine who that entity is that's trying to contact them. Um, we also have our Department of Consumer Affairs who will have um, instructions and guidelines with respect to following up on any potential scams. Um, and we'll also make sure that the information we provide just in general will include some, um, some tips on what to look out for. So now one of the things we like to do is to tell, you know, our listeners, our activists, what they can do to help out. So mm -hmm. if, if somebody wants to help spread the word, how can they best do that? Well, I think for um, a lot of um, your listeners and activists, um, I think the first step is to find out if they, if, if, if there is a complete count committee in the municipality that they live. Um, and if they, they, if there is one, they should certainly get involved. Um, on the county level, we are also trying to um, strengthen our communication, our partnerships with different complete count committees. There are a couple of municipalities that have already started their own, which is great. Um, so we want to make sure that all of the complete count committees are communicating with one another and providing the same type of message and the same type of information every you know within their respective municipalities and within their their respective networks um Activists can help in terms of spreading the message of the importance of the census. Um, the Census Bureau online has um, different types of um, data sheets or fact sheets that, it's, that they can print out and use. It's primarily in English and Spanish. They have some YouTube videos as well. Um, but 
they also have hotlines in case there are people who um, speak other languages. I think they have access to up to 50 different types of languages. Um, not as many in terms of the, of the printed forms, but there are different resources that are available for everybody. Blanca, this has been really informative and useful information. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So what's up with 2020? Well, people will start to get census information in the mail. It's starting probably around March. April 1st, 2020 is the official census day. But let's think about the census as kind of a giant campaign because we've, kind of, we've gotten good at that. So let's get out the count. And it's also get out the vote. That's what 2020 is about, for everyone to be counted, both in the census and also exercising your right to vote. So thumbs up. Well, we had our first training a, a couple weeks ago at Invisible Latino. Yes, and it was quite wonderful because it was done in both languages, English and Spanish. And we had a very positive response. We were asked uh, you know, to do other trainings in the near future. And uh, so it was very exciting to see that people responded so well. And I also want to commend Kim because she put it together and it was done in a very simple, way uh, that really made uh, everyone feel comfortable and be informed and know why it's important to be counted. So what's our thumbs down? Thumbs down is that there was an issue of a citizenship question at all and that the Trump administration tried to politicize something that's been happening since 1790. Yes, and also that this was a way of uh, trying to get people not to participate in the census and also to have people not participate in voting, not to have your, your voice count. So it was really an intimidation thing. Yes, which didn't work. Yes, and that's a thumbs up. Yes. This has been Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. Find us online at www.indivisiblewestchester.org, on our public Facebook page, on Instagram, and Twitter. Keep on resisting. <laughs>